Welcome to Rapid Sequence Discussion, a 10 to 15 minute podcast version of Grand Rounds. This is Kia, Katie, and Linda. Each month we will present a topic relevant to rural CRNAs. Today on Rapid Sequence Discussion, we have Jane, an SRNA, presenting her case of unexplained vasoplegia. Um, Here's the situation. You're a CRNA for a healthy 30-year-old ASA-1 bodybuilder and for general surgery. Jane, can you tell us about your pre-op? This was a relatively healthy, younger guy. Um, He was going to have a frame anatomy in uh, one of his cervical vertebrae because he was involved in a go-kart accident. Other than that, he didn't really have uh, too much in his medical history. Um, He was recreationally a bodybuilder. Um, He did have um, a history of GERD, but that was uh, well controlled with some of Mm -hmm. um, and no significant cardiac, pulmonary, or neurological history. Okay. Just Uh, how we like it. Yeah. Sounds straightforward. So you take the patient back to the OR, Mm -hmm. and then what happened? Everything went pretty smoothly. Monitors on, started an induction, um, and he had an easy airway. I was a little bit concerned because he was having a um, neck surgery that uh, he may have limited range of motion, but I checked it out pre-op, and he was able to move quite nicely and just went ahead um, and did did the induction, did a DL, got the tube in, everything was Mm -hmm. fine until uh, the first blood pressure right after induction. I expected it to be low. I didn't expect it to be as low as it turned out to be. How low did it go? It went as low as 60 (laughs) over 30. Wow. Before, this guy's, um, his clinic blood pressures were pretty normal, 120s to 130s over 80s. Um, He was a little nervous pre-op, and so he was 140s or so. And then he just dropped like a rock, 60s over 30s, and um, it stayed there for quite a while. So this was a standard induction for a 100 kilogram male, 200 of propofol, 100 of lidocaine, 100 of rock, and 100 mics of fentanyl. What was his CO2 at the time? Was it also low? Do you remember? I actually don't remember that part. Mm. So at this point, were you ruling out um, your differentials? So the first thing that I thought of, of course, was just maybe it was too much um, propofol. Maybe he was just um, vasodilated from the induction uh, doses. But as time was going on and his blood pressure was not improving, um, that was definitely going... Uh, being ruled out. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the surgeon had um, started with incision as well, despite all of this going on. And even with surgical stimulation, there was barely any budge in this guy's blood pressure. So despite um, a couple of first-line pressers and surgical stimulation, his blood pressure stayed with SBPs in the 60s to 80s, MAPs, in the 40s to 50s. Did you wonder if your IV was working? <laughs> Definitely. So that is one thing that we checked. Yes, um, or your blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. So we did blood pressures on both sides. We even did one on his leg. Um, mm. And we um, unwrapped his arms so that we could uh, get to the port that was closest to his IV site. And everything was flushing well. There was no infiltration, no leaking or anything like that. So, mm. yeah, ruled out some of the mechanical stuff. Yeah. 
Were you thinking maybe anaphylactic event, or did you have any signs of his airway being tight, or um, maybe that you intubated to one lung? I don't know. Were any of those considered, or they're pretty obviously not? It was pretty obviously not, just because um, his ventilatory status was completely fine. There was Mm -hmm. nothing wrong at all with his peak pressures. Um, Bagging him after I had gotten the tube in was um, easy as well. Mm -hmm. So there was no change from a ventilatory standpoint. It really was just the blood pressures. And from what I recall, um, he wasn't having much issue with his perfusion either. His his SATs stayed well above Mm -hmm. 95, 96. Okay, so while treating the uncomfortably low blood pressures, Jane and her preceptor ruled out the usual differentials. Treatment of the blood pressure included three sticks of phenylephrine, 50 milligrams of ephedrine, vasopressin, and five unit increments, and finally, bumps of epinephrine. After all that, the patient's blood pressure was still in the toilet. Grasping at straws, Jane considered his bodybuilding background. he's having some sort of adrenal crisis. Mm. So maybe he needs, um, you know, some sort of... Steroid. Yeah, stress or steroid to help him out. Um, The other thing that my preceptor um, thought of was maybe this guy is taking nitric oxide. Apparently, in the bodybuilding community, nitric oxide supplements are used to enhance their workouts by increasing blood flow to the muscles allowing bodybuilders to work out longer and build bigger muscles. Nitric oxide supplements don't actually provide nitric oxide because that's a gas, but they do contain L-arginine, which increases nitric oxide and in turn increases blood flow to increase muscle gains. Interestingly enough, my preceptor had had a discussion with a friend of his who is a bodybuilder just the week before, which is why he Hmm. thought of nitric oxide supplements in the first place. So we could have either reached for some steroid or um, what my preceptor did was he reached for methylene blue and just squirted some into a 100cc saline bag. Mm -hmm. It worked out to 2 milligrams per kilogram and just ran it over about five minutes or so mm-hmm. in an IV piggyback. Wow. And Methylene blue. It worked like magic. <gasps> no way. So this guy's blood pressure that we were struggling with for mm-hmm. 45 minutes, nearly an hour, at halfway through that infusion, blood pressure started to stabilize. About five minutes after the infusion was finished, his blood pressure was 120s over 80s wow. again and stayed wow. there for the rest of the case. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, so. it was incredible to see in person. So why the methylene blue? In doing some research, I found out that methylene blue is actually a treatment for what's called vasoplegic syndrome. And vasoplegic syndrome is um, basically just severe, persistent hypotension that's refractory to fluids and pressors. Um, and it's a state of hypotension in which you have normal to high cardiac output, but a very low um, uh, SVR. Mm. And ultimately, um, it doesn't have to do with your um, you know, adrenergic response or anything. It's mm-hmm. actually because of the overproduction of nitric oxide. 
mm-hmm. and that's why um, my preceptor had thought of it for this patient. Maybe he was taking nitric oxide supplements. Yeah, as yeah. his bodybuilding. Exactly. So did you ask him afterwards? Was yeah. he on it? So we did go and ask him in, um, in PACU once he was awake, and he did say that he was taking nitric oxide supplements. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wow. So it all awesome. mystery solved. So did you continue the infusion, or was it a one-time bolus? It was a one-time bolus, and um, the surgery was short enough, um, or the mechanism was um, long-acting enough that he didn't need a redose. Um, When I did some research into this, um, it looks like the most common dosages were uh, 1 to 3 milligrams per kilogram uh, reported in the literature in varying uh, time periods between 10 to 60 minutes. All of them seem to be um, pretty efficacious. As with any medication we give, there are contraindications. And for methylene blue, these include MAOI therapy causing serotonin syndrome, G6PD deficiency causing hemolytic anemia, severe renal failure because of impairment and excretion, a hypersensitivity causing anaphylaxis, um, or pregnancy because of reports of tetrogenicity. That concludes our pilot episode of Rapid Sequence Discussion. We want to thank Jane for sharing her case study with us, and thanks to those of you who listened and are supporting our podcast. We are three full-time CRNAs doing all of our own recording and editing, and this podcast is for our capstone project. Follow us on Instagram at Rapid Sequence Discussion, and stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time. And we want to pop. You want.